This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Pro-life Christians in Missouri have reason to celebrate. The legislature passed and the governor signed SB 5, a new law placing common sense regulations in place for abortion clinics. Some of the new provisions are that doctors must explain potential medical risks to women 72 hours before an abortion. Other provisions include unannounced annual inspection, whistleblower protection, and requirements that facilities meet certain health and safety standards. It also prevents local governments from forcing alternative to abortion agencies from promoting or referring patients to abortion clinics. Further, it repeals the city of St. Louis's Abortion Sanctuary City Ordinance. It also empowers the state attorney general to prosecute wrongdoing should the local prosecutor decline to get involved. SB 5 marks a clear victory for pro-lifers, but the battle is far from over. I speak with Diane Albers, head of Missouri Lutherans for Life, about the new law and what lies ahead on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. I'm Sarah Golseth with news in brief of interest to Lutherans worldwide. Beginning November 5th, the weekly broadcast of the Lutheran Hour will feature the Reverend Dr. Kenneth R. Klaus and the Reverend Dr. Dale A. Meyer, former speakers for the radio program from 2002 to 2010 and from 1989 to 2001, respectively. The regular appearances of Klaus and Meyer are part of a transition plan being implemented following current speaker Reverend Dr. Gregory Seltz's recent acceptance of a call to serve as the first executive director of the LCMS Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty in Washington, D.C. Seltz's last Lutheran Hour broadcast will be recorded in Wittenberg, Germany and will air Sunday, October the 29th. A federal court issued an injunction Wednesday that halts enforcement of an Illinois law which forces pregnancy care centers and doctors to promote abortion regardless of their ethical or moral views. Alliance Defending Freedom and Allied Attorneys represent multiple pregnancy care centers, a pregnancy care center network, and a doctor and her medical practice in a lawsuit challenging the law. SB 1546 forces pregnancy care centers, medical facilities, and physicians who conscientiously object to involvement in abortions to adopt policies that provide women who ask for abortions with a list of providers, quote, they reasonably may offer them. Federal law prohibits the government from placing burdens on religious conscience without a compelling interest for doing so. Pro-life pregnancy resource centers in Hawaii have filed suit against a new law requiring them to point women toward abortion access. Similar laws around the country have faced varied outcomes in court. Pro-life centers have won against laws requiring a government-mandated message in Maryland, Illinois, Austin, Texas, and New York City. But in California, pregnancy care centers must tell women where they can get an abortion. President Donald Trump has announced he will appoint Kansas Governor Sam Brownback as the next ambassador-at-large for international religious freedom. Brownback told World he plans to use his new position to coordinate efforts across the U.S. government and then advance international religious freedom with key partners abroad. 
Members of President Trump's cabinet attend a weekly Bible study. Once a week, about a dozen members of the cabinet gather to study scripture. Among those who regularly attend are Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue, Energy Secretary Rick Perry, CIA Director Mike Pompeo, and Attorney General Jeff Sessions. World Literal News Digest will be back right after these messages. Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. Este é Notícias Luteranas pelo Mundo. This is World Lutheran News Digest. I'm Kip Allen, World Lutheran News Digest host. My guest today is Miss Diane Albers, who is the head of Lutherans for Life in the state of Missouri. Miss Albers, welcome to the program. Thank you. Miss Albers, could you tell me a bit about yourself and about Lutherans for Life in Missouri? Well, I'm a retired elementary school teacher. And my husband and I, he is also a retired teacher, and we live here in St. Louis. And I've been involved with Lutherans for Life for since 1984. And the organization is, as the name implies, this is an organization of uh, Lutherans with the Missouri Synod who believe that life begins at conception. Correct. We had a remarkable uh, year, and uh, we've had a very good stroke of fortune here in Missouri, where the state legislature has overwhelmingly approved a new uh, new law, a new bill that's gone to the governor's desk that uh, changes some of our abortion laws. Are you familiar with the uh, legislation, and what does it say? Yes, this would be Senate Bill 5, and um, it, it passed in the Senate earlier this week, when they passed the House version earlier this weekend, it was signed by Governor Greitens on July 26th. So this this bill becomes law in 90 days automatically. So it it expands the regulations in on abortion in multiple ways, and most of them are very common sense things that people would think. Well, of course that's what you would do. It improves the tracking of baby parts, baby body parts from abortions, so that they they need to be the whole baby body needs to be sent instead of just uh, representative parts. This helps prevent the selling and buying of of babies for research. I think that the legislature was very concerned after all the issues of selling baby parts, and they couldn't really get. I don't think solid answer as to whether Missouri was a part of that. So this was their way to try to solve that problem. It also expands the powers of the attorney general so that he can um, prosecute abortion clinics for violations of the law. And this this is kind of a, this is the one that I think that people would think, well, of course. So there's an, an an inspection that has to be done once a year. And um, they can they can get out of it. There's stricter requirements for on how, as I said before, on how clinics dispose of fetal tissue after the abortion. 
it overrules the action that was taken by the St. Louis City Council so that it will protect, be more protecting of pregnancy health centers and also just the whole faith community, like our Lutheran schools or our Lutheran churches, so that it will, they will not be forced to participate in abortion. You know, they're not going to be forced to pay for abortions. Well, still, it will protect their First Amendment rights. They can say, we don't want to do this because this is, this is not what God wants. This is not our, in our conscience. So it's, it's to take away that sanctuary, abortion sanctuary city that Reverend, that Governor Greitens talked about. Well, I understand that some of the very specific um, issues within the bill that is now the, will be the law in 90 days is uh, there are, of course, the annual, but there are also unannounced inspection of abortion clinics by the state health department will be mandatory. So these clinics may, there may be spot checked. It's not that they can suddenly clean up before a set date. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is, another thing is that uh, uh, this was kind of an insidious thing, I think, and that has been corrected, was that abor- uh, abortion clinic staff who were asking ambulances responding to a medical emergency, for example, a woman who actually hemorrhages during one of their abortions and has to go to the hospital. Some of the abortion clinics supposedly have been asking the ambulances not to use lights or sirens. And, right. And, when they come and when they go, yes. And uh, one provision of this law now is that a clinic staffer who's, who asks that could be charged with a misdemeanor. So, Correct. So they're not, uh, they can't hide it. Uh, other things are, well, there's whistleblower protection now for employees and abortion clinics, which will be enacted if an employee sees uh, a violation this employee can now be protected. And I really am impressed now with the idea that uh, the local governments can be prohibited from enacting or enforcing an ordinance that, it, quote, adversely affects the alternative to abortion agencies and pregnancy resource centers. This is this goes out to the sanctuary city and uh, and what's going on with the faith-based organizations that do provide free services to women who want to carry their pregnancies to term. I think we've seen in many places, in many in many states now. In fact, uh, there's a number of court cases where states are requiring faith-based uh, groups or groups that provide alternatives to abortion to say, "Oh, yeah, but you can get an abortion over here," and that's uh, something that this law is designed to prevent, I believe. Yes, you're correct. This is a uh, bill has been carried forth by uh, by who in the legislature? Have have we been working by we? I mean Lutherans for Life, uh, Lutherans for Life in Missouri. Have we been working closely with the legislators on this? I think maybe individually, but not not as an organization. The sponsor was um, Andrew Koenig, so uh, this uh, the sponsor of Senate Bill Five. I think that individuals were working on it, but as far as the organization of Lutherans for Life of Missouri, we were not. What can we Lutherans do to keep abreast of the situation in the state of Missouri, to know what our laws are and what our rights are concerning abortion and other issues of concern to people of faith? Well, interestingly enough, the the best statistics that we can get come from Planned Parenthood, from the Guttmacher reports, and they they are very plain in telling us that um, abortion in Missouri is has gone down 12% already since 2014. And 
That's that's amazing, and part of that is really due to our strict laws here in Missouri. We can be really proud of our legislatures, our legislators, for giving us such strict laws. And we're one of with this particular House bill or Senate bill that has been passed. We're one of the strictest in the country. Well, as I'm sure you're aware, Planned Parenthood has recently unveiled some plans to expand their their abortion clinics. Right now, the only abortion clinic in the state operated by Planned Parenthood is in the city of St. Louis. But Planned Parenthood has recently announced plans to open up further clinics in, I believe, Kansas City, Springfield, and uh, Columbia. And, yes. and do you believe that this will have an impact on their plans? Well, I can't help but think it will. They're going to have to have, I mean, it's, it was strict enough as it was. That's one of the reasons why Columbia wasn't allowed to open up earlier is because they had no abortionists that had reciprocal agreement with a hospital. So that's one of the strong preventers, I think, for, for us here in Missouri, that the doctors have to be affiliated with a hospital and, um, and also that it has to be a medical doctor that does the abortion. It can't be a nurse or a nurse practitioner. It has to be a medical doctor. Well, it's like with any uh, any procedure. Uh, for example, a colonoscopy, you know, that has to be performed by a physician. I, I can't see where that's going to be uh, any worse than an abortion. Uh, in fact, I well, think... There, there are fewer and fewer doctors who are willing to, to do abortions because well, of the because of the backlash that they receive so it in other states it's not mandatory for a, a physician to to do the abortion and so that's how they get that's one of the preventers for having so many abortion clinics here in Missouri well another thing that uh, that you brought up really are some of the common sense portions of this legislation and one is that uh, abortion clinics must meet the same standards as an ambulatory surgical center which essentially is what they are for mm -hmm. example they have to have hallways that are wide enough to accommodate uh, gurneys in case something does go wrong and a patient needs to be taken out on a gurney uh, right, and just common sense things like um, cleanliness and fixing things that are broken and those the, without those inspections, they can do whatever they want. And this, I think, is probably what we saw in the tragic case of Dr. Gosnell in Pennsylvania with an abattoir that he had. And he was actually within the law as far as the state of Pennsylvania was concerned. And that, that's just absolutely appalling. Scary. The other thing is uh, that to me is just common sense is uh, having a doctor with an affiliation with the hospital so that if there is a problem, which does happen sometimes. Yes, more often than you think. Uh, yeah, it's it's not all that rare, despite what the uh, what the abortion proponents claim. Things do go wrong. People do hemorrhage. People do die. But they have to have now, under the law, they have to have this uh, the affiliation with a local hospital. This is something that the Planned Parenthood supporters have fought for years. Right. And uh, talk about common sense. I mean, it's, as I said, you know, for example, comparing with a colonoscopy, sometimes something does go wrong. A, uh, an intestine might be perforated. Again, the doctor needs to be able to get that patient to a hospital. If during an abortion something goes wrong, the uterus is the uterus or the vaginal tract happens to be perforated, well, that patient could just be out of luck. Yes. And, and we've had those cases here in St. Louis. 
So we know, we know that it does happen. It does. Um, do we have any estimates right now of how many abortions are being performed in the state? Um, according to Guttmacher, they they just actually filed a report in July. 5,100 abortions were provided in Missouri. Now, some of those people might have been, come from other states, but that's a 12% decline in Missouri's abortion rate between 2011 and 2014. It, I was just going to say it went down from 5 to 4.4 abor- abortions per 1,000 women of reproductive age. I've spoken to a number of uh, medical professionals. Uh, there are are cases where an abortion is necessary to save the life of a mother. Uh, ectopic pregnancy would be one version of it. Right. And there are mm-hmm. things that do happen in clamptic uh, pregnancies. Tragic as they are, they do happen. But they are relatively rare. I've heard the figures are anywhere from from 1% to maybe 3% of yes. abortions are necessary for the woman's health and uh, life. Have you heard this figure as well? Yes, that's a very specious argument that, you know, that it, you have to have that for, for that reason. It doesn't happen, as you said, very, very rarely. In fact, I think most abortions are happening for matters of convenience. Right. Right. Either um, it'll interrupt my life. I, I won't be able to finish school. I don't have enough money. I don't have a place to live. Um, all those reasons that people give. Rather selfish reasons, I think. Another thing that uh, criticism that we hear that is directed against the pro-life uh, side of the argument is, well, you don't care about the babies and after they're born or anything. But the point is that we do offer alternatives. You know, these women that that you just mentioned, the ones who, gee, I can't finish school, gee, I don't have a place to live, gee, I can't afford it. We do offer services for them. We offer places for them to to live. There are adoption agencies. There are our support agencies that can counsel them. These are all available. That's right. And and this this bill or this law that has just been signed into law, I think will help people see, or maybe not, but it will help them be able to, these pregnancy resource centers will help them be able to continue to do the work that, that, you know, most Christians support. And, and it's just amazing. There are so many more abortion clinics than there are Planned Parenthoods or, excuse me, there are so many more pregnancy help centers than there are abortion clinics that it's, it's just ridiculous to say if Planned Parenthood would close down that there wouldn't be any place for a woman to get affordable medical care is just ridiculous. It is. As you pointed out, there are many, many more uh, health centers available to women than simply Planned Parenthood. And, you know, Planned Parenthood always uh, bills that, well, gee, this is only 3% of our business. Well, is it? You know, you look at their revenue stream, and it accounts for a heck of a lot more than just 3%. The way they go about that is if they come in and ask for more than one thing, then they they put it down as three or four or five different things when actually what they really want is an abortion. So that's how they can fudge their statistics so that it looks as if they're doing all these other things. Well, I'm sure you've heard the old saying, there are lies, then there are damned lies, then there are statistics. <laughs> but I think you're quite correct on that. And uh, in terms of the medical services that are provided for women, you know, for example, uh, the uh, mammograms. 
Planned Parenthood does not perform mammograms. I've heard it said no. that they do, but that's flat out untrue. They do not do it. No, and anything that they had done before that was separate from an abortion procedure has gone way down. I mean, they, they've almost cut out everything except for that. That's correct. In fact, Planned Parenthood has released uh, six months late. They've released their annual report. And that actually breaks down what the services are. And you're quite correct. The uh, uh, the services provided by Planned Parenthood have gone down in every single category except mm-hmm. abortion. Right. In some cases, it's gone down dramatically, more than half. So it's it's specious of them to claim that they're offering uh, a, a, an overall women's health clinic. They really are nothing more than a glorified abortion center. This is uh, this is what they are, are are pushing. Right, because that's where their money comes from. Absolutely, uh, and uh, and in many states, it comes from the taxpayers' pockets, but not here in Missouri. Yeah, yeah. The um, that's a, a wonderful thing, but you're quite correct. In other states, they do receive money from the state, from the taxpayers' pocket, and unfortunately, even our local Planned Parenthood group in St. Louis does receive funding directly through the federal government. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a major issue that is uh, being approached. I think perhaps one of the next battles now is going to be in Washington rather than in Jeff City, and this is going to concern funding. Uh, regrettably, I think uh, the funding for Planned Parenthood has been continued for at least one more year, but I think that's a battle that will play out over the next 12 months. Right, but here in Missouri, that is not available unless you can't, nothing through the Affordable Health Care Act can cover an abortion unless it's deemed that the life of a mother is endangered. It's seriously compromised. That's true, but still uh, Planned Parenthood as an organization overall receives something like half a billion dollars in federal subsidies every year. Right. The the next question, I guess, is what happens from this point? I can't believe that the uh, pro-abortion lobby is going to accept this law. I'm sure that there's going to be court challenges. Have you heard of any? Um, they just they did release a statement that they called Senate Bill 5 an effort to eliminate access to abortion in Missouri. So there's a very real possibility that it will be challenged in court. And obviously, I think that we can see that it will probably because that's their their cash cow if we if we. Um, I mean, this is costing them money, this new bill. And so they would try to, you know, fight it in every way that they can. Well, I think, uh, in fact, State Senator uh, Jamil Nasheed of St. Louis has said that she believes that the uh, that the legislation will definitely wind up in court. And uh, earlier this year, a federal judge had halted a Missouri law that required the hospital admitting privileges for doctors who perform abortions. Of course, now this has been remedied by this new legislation, but a similar bill was challenged earlier in court. Right, and then the, the also for the, the St. Louis City Ordinance was challenged as well. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, if, if people are interested in helping fight this, this horrible issue and wish to join with Lutherans for Life, how can they do that? How can they get in touch with you or with the national organization? Um, you could get in touch with me by email. It is LFL of Mo, M-O, at gmail.com. That would be LFL of Mo at gmail.com. 
And of course, anyone can just Google Lutherans for Life and anywhere in the country, you know, there we have branches everywhere. There are Lutherans That's right. everywhere. That's right. And um, you can also call, I mean, as when you Google Lutherans for Life, they'll have a phone number on there. You can actually call them and, and ask individually who they could contact for their state. And as I pointed out, you know, we do have people in, in everywhere, religions everywhere. And there are other Christian groups and even non-Christian groups that are dedicated to ending this scourge of abortion on our country. And, right. and of course, they're, they're like we work, uh, we work very heavily with the, uh, the, the March for Life campaign. That's not exclusively Lutheran by any means. No. And, we and are, I think that's one of, the, one of the benefits of Lutherans for Life is that we're willing to work with a lot of Christian organizations, a lot of different Lutheran synods, and because we are pan-Lutheran, but we also are interested in working with all people who are interested in ending abortion. And the March for Life, of course, takes place every January in Washington, D.C., in uh, commemoration of the uh, the hideous uh, Roe v. Wade decision. And it attracts hundreds of thousands of people, and it's a uh, increasing every year and one of the things that intrigues me when i see this march are the number of young people who are joining it now yes the, the pro life message is really going down now into the into the millennials yes it's it's resonating because they've seen what's happened in their own lives they, they, they know they have, and they're seeing families shattered. They're seeing uh, people who have had abortions deeply regretting it and suffering psychological effects long they're after the, it's happened. They're the first generation that's seen the real ultrasounds, the 3D ultrasounds. They've seen that baby. They know that it's a baby, that it's alive. Yes, and it, 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 that's a direct counter to the argument. Well, it's just a bunch of tissue. Uh, no, it's not. Here's the proof. I also wanted to mention that there... In here in Missouri, we have a Midwest March for Life, which always occurs the Saturday after the wash the march in Washington D.C. So yeah. you might your your listeners might want to check on that. It's always a Saturday after. Well, thank you very much, Ms. Alvers. I really appreciate everything that you're doing here, and especially especially taking time out of your morning to come and end up here on the program. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.